that a lot of people don't talk about pros and cons of digital real estate and traditional real estate, or I'm going to be diving into some short-term rental stuff. Well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, the Rock Your Brand podcast. And today I am going to be sharing with you something that a lot of people don't talk about, and that is the pros and cons of digital real estate and traditional real estate, or I'm going to be diving into some short-term rental stuff because, well, I own some, but also it's a hot topic right now. A lot of people are wanting to get into the short-term rental, but there are some cons there right now, uh, but there are a lot of pros. So we'll talk about that. And so if you are thinking about getting into the Airbnb, the VRBO, any of those, like those are just marketplaces, but basically short-term rentals. Uh, well, I'm going to give you my pros and cons to that uh, model. And also we'll talk a little bit about the long-term um, long-term rental, but more importantly, I'd like to talk a little bit about this thing called digital real estate, which I'm really excited about uh, because, uh, well, it's uh, it's like traditional real estate without a lot of the cons. So we'll go ahead and dive into that. So before I do, if you are listening to this podcast and if you've been listening for any period of time and you're interested in uh, possibly building out one of these niche properties, I would encourage you to head on over to brandcreators.com forward slash workshop and uh, you can register for an upcoming live uh, web class there where we break it down, things that we've learned over the last three years and really how to build one of these out one of these pieces of digital real estate, or I like to call niche properties. So if you're interested, make sure that you check that out and you'll see uh, when we are doing our, uh, our latest uh, web class. All right. So with that all being said, let's dive in, shall we? Let's first talk about real estate in general. Everyone knows that real estate is awesome, right? Like who doesn't think real estate is great? Like if, if we could, if we could all own real estate, we would own it. So why don't we? Right. And one of the biggest problems with real estate and one of the, one of the big hangups for me was, uh, is that, uh, well, I just don't want the headaches. That, that's like one of my biggest things is like, I don't want the call at one o'clock in the morning from my tenant saying that the toilet's plugged. I just don't want to do that. I've done that. Right. Some of you may or may not know, but my wife, Lisa and I, we've owned, uh, some rental properties. Uh, one of them was a, uh, actually we, we did a flip on one and then we, uh, we owned a rental property, a single family home that we actually lived in. And then we, while we were building our house and then we moved out of that and then rented it and we rented it for gosh, over 10, 12 years, maybe even longer. Uh, and so it was great. We had a good tenant, but we had a few tenants that weren't so great. So we went through an eviction for one of our first, I think it was our first tenant. We went through an eviction process with them. So we learned what that was like in, in upstate New York. It was not easy. We had to wait for the sheriff to come. It was a 90, 90 day. I believe you had to wait. It was, all, it was crazy. We lost rent. Um, the house was damaged. We had to you know, file insurance claims, like all that stuff. So it was, 
terrible. Uh, and then we had another tenant who was okay, but we had to kind of push them a little bit to get the rent checks. You know, they were late a little bit. The house wasn't really kept up. But then we landed on a really good tenant. And then that, that tenant actually ended up buying the house from us when we decided to sell. Um, and she was great. Rent check was in the mailbox every single month, even a little bit early. So it was great, but we treated her well. We didn't raise the rent much. Um, and she just really took care of the property. So that was good, right? But still things broke down, right? The furnace goes, you got to fix it. So long-term rental to me, the payout wasn't the monthly. It was the, oh, I sold the property and now I'm going to basically get my money. Sometimes that's like a e-commerce uh, business. You're, you're going to make the most money when you sell uh, that, that business. That's usually what happens. So it's kind of similar to a house. If you're paying a house, you pay it down, then you get equity in it and you sell it. And then that's when you make a good bulk of your money. The cash flow is nice. And a lot of times for long-term rentals, people are looking for like maybe 300 to $500 net per month. Like they're happy paying the house down. You know, we've got the, you know, a little bit of cash coming in very little. Uh, but in order to scale that business, we got to get 10, 15, 20 properties. And oh my gosh, like that would just be a nightmare for me. So I don't like that. Short-term rental to me was a, was, was just awesome right? Because now I'm able to tap into being uh, a landlord, if you will, like a, a property owner, uh, but I'm able to also not have long-term uh, leases where then I have to evict someone because it's short-term. It's like three to five days, three to seven days, something like that. I mean, we've had some people that did rent it for like a month, um, but also we decided to go upper end where we were buying a property on the lake. So now we've niched it down to only lake property people. And it wasn't just a camp. It was a beautiful home. Uh, and uh, you're charging a lot of money for this. So it makes a lot of sense. But then again, my my you know thought was, well, then I got to maintain this thing. Well, I found a management company that they do it all for short-term rentals. So it's totally hands-off for me. With that said, there's still a level of stress to it. When we bought the property, we had to put 20% down. So there's your, there's your, your con, right? You got to put 20% down, um, to get going. You got to then take out a, uh, a 30 year mortgage. Okay. Um, so you're doing that. Uh, and then you have to rehab the house if it needs any rehab, which we did it was about probably four to five months of rehab. Uh, so you're losing all that money and rent up until that point or being able to short-term rental it. So you have all those things. Um, but when the thing's running, it's great. But now it's been three years since we've owned it and it's done very, very well. Uh, we got to start making some repairs, right? We got to start updating some things or uh, fixing some things. And I mean, our deck needs to be uh, repainted, which is about 2000 uh, square foot of decking. Uh, so that's got to get done. And then, uh, you know, we've got uh, the carpet's got to get cleaned and, uh, you know, some, some walls need to get repainted and like all of these things still have to be done. So it's not like, you know, it, it's totally hands off, although it's pretty darn close because I do have a management company that handles a lot of this stuff. Uh, but there's still, when you're doing short-term rental, it's about occupancy. It's like, how do I keep the occupancy high? You know, 80% is like your target because if you do 80%, that's when it really works. If you're doing 50%, depending on what you're charging, you might not be even breaking even on that property, which you want to do. So there's pros and cons to short-term rental, long-term rentals. Uh, so that's my thought on like real estate. The big upside of real estate is really when you cash it out is, is really when you're going to, to really cash in your chips. How long is that going to take five years, 10 years, 20 years? 
right? So that's the the uh, the pros and cons really to, to real estate. You are building equity, but it is going to take time. Uh, I mean, okay, right now, this is not typical with the whole COVID thing. And then we had uh, interest rates uh, drop to the record low. Uh, you know, the housing market went way up. So now people have built equity of $100,000, $300,000 in less than two years. Like that's not typical, right? Typically, they've always said like 5% a year would be good. Um, so again, over time, are you able to have a house that you bought for 200,000 and in 10 years, it's worth 350,000? That would be good, okay? Maybe 400,000, that would be amazing, but that usually doesn't happen. You usually don't double your equity in 10 years. It just usually doesn't happen. Um, so you have to wait. And in the meantime, you have to maintain you're also on the hook for a mortgage, right? You have 20% of your money tied up in this property, okay? Uh, and so those are the cons to it, all right? You've got money tied up. You've got some stress there because you got to make sure that this thing gets rented. The upside is the house is being paid down. You're getting equity. Oh, I didn't mention this too. Another pro is you get some tax benefits there, right? Um, and if you if you have a lake property, you get to go there every now and then if you want when it's not being rented and enjoy it, which I've done. Uh, which is is great. Um, I've also uh, you know had some masterminds there where I, I had a paid mastermind there, workshops, uh, master shops as I call them, and that was great. So there's a lot of pros to this stuff, but again, there's pros and cons. Um, am I going to go and buy another uh, short-term rental right now? Not right now. I started looking for doing a mountain house. I was going to do a, a house in uh, outside of Asheville, North Carolina, but just the pricing just doesn't make sense. So I kind of had to pause on it. Will I do another one in the future? Probably. I just don't know when. Um, so let's move and let's kind of switch gears over to uh, this thing I call digital real estate, which to me, it's it's amazing. And whenever I tell someone about it and start sharing it about it, they, they're always like, you know, kind of like, what I, I don't understand. Like, so you're getting traffic to a website and you're getting paid by an ad network. Like, how does that, I don't get how that works. So I always have to explain it to them. When I do, it almost seems too good to be true. So think about that, right? We we have this piece of digital real estate that took us maybe, let's say, 18 months to build, right? And to get traffic, right? Even let's call it two years. It took two years to get this thing up and running, to get some traffic. And uh, now the thing's earning, you know, $1,000 to $1,500 per month and pretty much passively. And you didn't have to deal with tenants. You didn't have to deal with repairs. You didn't have to deal with, uh, you know, turnover. You didn't have to deal with having uh, 20% of your cash tied up in the property. You didn't have a 30 year mortgage. You don't have any of that stuff. Uh, and the thing's producing a thousand to $1,500 and I can sell it tomorrow for 50 to $60,000. Like when I tell them that they're like, that's just, that's crazy. Like, how does that work? And so I always have to break it down. All right. So let's talk about the pros. Okay. Of a piece of digital real estate. First off, it is low startup. Like you can start one of these for under $50. Okay. And how do you do that? Well, it's pretty simple. We have to pick a domain name, uh, say GoDaddy. And if you get a coupon for $1.99 for a domain, but let's just say it's regular price of $12.99, right? For a domain for the year. And we need hosting. Hosting you can get for anywhere from $2.99 a month to $5.99 a month, something like that. Um, so you have that. And then let's say we get a logo created because you don't want to create one yourself in Canva, which is free. Um, and you spend 20 bucks on Fiverr. So there you go. 
And then you've got to install WordPress, which is free if you're using it through your host, which is one click. Or if you want to pay someone on Fiverr, you can find someone for 20 to 30 bucks there too. So depending on how much work you want to do, let's just say 50 bucks, right? Let's just call it a hundred bucks, a hundred dollars to start one of these, these niche properties. So you're building a piece of digital real estate because the end game, if you look at it and you go, okay, in two years, right? I want to have this thing built that's earning. Let's just say it's a year because I, I think it's possible to do it within a year. I think it's possible. Again, it's going to depend on, on uh, a few different factors, meaning uh, how much work are you going to put into it? How consistent how consistent are you going to be at it? Uh, you know, what type of uh, uh, content are you creating? Is it going to rank easy? Is it going to be harder to rank? What kind of a competition is there? So there's a lot of factors there. Um, but let's just say in a year's time, we can get it to $1,000 per month, right? That's a, that's a year that you're putting time and effort into. And then if you wanted to, if you got it to $1,000, you could immediately sell that for over $40,000. Right. So if that was your, just your mission, you're like, I'm just going to do this and get it to that point, And I'm going to sell the thing off. You could do that. Right. Or maybe you hold it and you go, well, I'm going to try to build it to $2,000 and uh, I'm going to double that money. I'm going to sell it for $80,000 or more. Uh, again, and these numbers are, they're a little all over the place right now. Usually a low, uh, multiple on a, one of these digital real estate pieces, one of these niche properties is generally low is like 30. 30x the monthly. Okay. So if it's doing a thousand, it would be 30,000. The higher end right now is touching 45 per, uh, 45 times. So 45 times, do the math, that's $45,000, right? So it just depends on if you have a longer history. So if you have longer than a year, uh, it's going to give the investor uh, more to look at and more to say, oh, well, you know, that's been doing that more consistently. I feel safer about that. I'm willing to pay more for that. Um, also different, uh, maybe different traffic sources. Maybe you're getting 80% of your traffic from Google, but you're getting 20% from, from Pinterest. That's good. Maybe you have an email list. You're driving some traffic there. That's another perk, right? So you have some of these different, different ways that you can up that multiple. Okay. But let's, uh, again, talk about more of, of the pros. You can work on this thing when you want, right? You can, Increase the revenue, like on a piece of rental property, you're usually maxed out. Now, short-term rental is a little different. In the summertime, depending on where you are, for us in uh, on the lake, we're going to get more in the summer. So between June, July, and August, those three months, we're going to get top dollar, okay? But in the winter, we're going to get lower, okay? So it's going to balance out, but what's your average is kind of what it would come down to. But you're kind of maxed out there. You're not going to really be able to increase that too, too much. Although you can try to get more occupancies, right? And if you get more occupancies, then your, your revenue would go up, but you're kind of capped at what you're probably going to be able to earn with a, with a piece of digital real estate. It's not capped, right? You can have something that, uh, is making $1,500 a month just with Mediavine, And then you can find an affiliate product that is outside of Amazon and it's paying 20% recurring commission on that. And you just found another revenue stream that's going to pay you another $1,000 recurring every single month from an affiliate program, okay? So maybe that's it. Or maybe you you do print on demand and you start a little shop there that you're taking some of your traffic and you're selling stuff there. And that adds another $500 or $1,000. So there's different ways that you can that you can leverage the traffic that you have and try to increase the revenue if you choose to. Now, 
some people are just like, you know what? I'm going to get traffic and I'm going to turn on a, a, an ad network and that's going to be all I'm going to do. And then I'm going to hand it off and sell it or I'm going to hold it, right? And that's it. And that is the easiest way to be honest with you because uh, I literally just got uh, one of our rent checks as I call it um, from Mediavine and it was like $1,431, $1,425, something like that. It was over $1,400 and that came in strictly from Mediavine. That was it. So you, basically they, they give us our rent check and it's kind of like they are giving you a rent check because what they're doing is they're displaying other companies, uh, ads on your site. So they are a media, uh, buyer in a sense to where they are, uh, or, a, I guess, uh, they're, they're more like a media company where the, what they're doing is they're getting advertisers to come in and go, Hey, Put our ads on sites that are reputable and that are targeted towards our, our audience. And then what they do is they fill those ad spaces on our, on our niche properties that make sense, right? So all we're doing is renting our space, right? If we want to switch from Mediavine to AdThrive, we can. Now, AdThrive has got another, uh, a, a whole nother, uh, you know batch of uh, businesses that want to get in front of people um, of, or traffic on our site. So I can switch over to them and go, I'm going to rent over here. I'm going to let these guys rent my space. Or you might go to Ezoic. I'm going to let them rent my space. So you have control of who you display. But once you do that, it's they're displaying it. You don't have to do anything. So there's no inventory. There's no customer service. There's nothing. All you have to do is just get the traffic and turn on an ad network and sit back. That's all you got to do. Just keep creating content and publishing. And that's it. That's all you got to do right now. Some would say, well, but that's only one revenue stream. Shouldn't I add more? Yeah, you should, but you don't have to. Okay. You could add, like I said, Amazon Associates, which I think Amazon Associates, the Amazon uh, affiliate program, I think it's dying. I, I, I truly do. I, I don't think it's going to be around forever. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't even play there anymore. I mean, we have some affiliate links on our sites, but we don't focus there at all anymore at all. Um, would I use a private network? Yeah, I would do that. I would reach out to an independent uh, company that has an affiliate program and potentially promote their products if it makes sense and if the if the commissions are good. Um, I would do that. Would I do a print-on-demand? Yeah, you, I can do a print-on-demand if I want to, if I thought it made sense. Uh, now, one little, one little caveat here is if you are doing a print-on-demand and it's through Etsy, um, you can't sell an Etsy shop. Okay, that is one thing that I've learned. You cannot sell an Etsy shop. So if you are going to build an Etsy shop that is connected to your business, you are not going to get the benefits of that Etsy shop. So my advice would be create something that's somewhat of a sister company on Etsy. If you were going to do that, you can funnel some of that traffic there, but then you would probably want to create your own store um, to do that. But again, that takes work. It takes more, uh, maintenance. It takes more. Do you want to do that? Is it necessary? That's up to you. Right. But, but the option is there. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the cons of a digital, uh, piece of real estate. Okay. A digital real estate piece. The only con that I can really think of, and I was trying to think really hard about this and, and, you know, maybe if, if you, think of something and you want to message me, you can just email me scott at brandcreators.com. Or if you're watching this live and you're on a coffee talk, just drop it in the comments. But the only con that I can come up with is that we are creating content that's being indexed by Google and Google has been known at times to do updates. And when they do that, your the algorithm shifts the content around and plays with your rankings. Now, with that all being said, it's like anything. You're going to have highs and lows. 
you just have to ride those out. So does that mean that you're, you could be making $2,000 one month because your traffic was great. And then your traffic drops because of an algorithm shift and you go from 2000 to a thousand that could happen. Okay. But usually it corrects itself if, and this is a big, if, if you are creating good content, it's well optimized and you're not doing any shady stuff out there. You're not doing any uh, black hat stuff. You're not doing any uh, backlinking uh, type of campaigns that are black hat where you're getting just people to link over to your site to try to, uh, you know, manipulate the algorithm. That's what you got to worry about. If you're creating good content, you're following the basic SEO principles. All right. And, uh, and again, just putting out good content, you really shouldn't have to worry about that. Now, is there a risk? Of course there's a risk, but there's a risk that, uh, you know, Maybe, uh, you know, next year, uh, our house doesn't rent as well as it does. And now I'm going to be in the red, right? I'm going to, I'm going to be in the negative that could happen. Uh, you could, uh, you could have a tenant, uh, in a, in a long-term rental that, uh, ends up, uh, not being able to pay you and goes three months without paying you. And you have to evict them and you have to pay for legal fees. And then you have to go with lost rents that could happen, or maybe the market tanks, and now uh, you bought a house and then uh, three years from now, the market goes backwards and you're $50,000 in the negative on equity. You're not positive. So there's, there's, there's pros and cons to everything. Um, but the only con that I can come up with on a piece of, of digital real estate, if done properly, is that we are dependent on Google. Now, one way to offset that is to have a diversified traffic channels. That would be Pinterest would be one. That would be a good one. And then the other one would be, uh, just having an email list, right? Having your own source of traffic to drive there. But I would say at the very least, it would be Google. That would be your, one of your main. And then from there, it would be, uh, having Pinterest. All right. But I wouldn't want either one of them to be heavy. Um, if anything, I would want to be more heavy on Google than Pinterest. I think Pinterest is a little bit more cranky at times. Um, than, uh, than Google. It's just my observation. All right. So those are your pros and cons. Like I said, a piece of digital real estate, and this is why I love it so much is the startup cost is under a hundred dollars. Right. And yes, you can say, well, Scott, what if you're hiring writers? Yes, that's going to cost money. And I am doing that. So the way I look at it is, is if I'm putting out, you know, uh, let's say you're doing one piece of content per week because you're getting started and you didn't want to write it yourself. You can find someone for 35, 40 bucks. So basically 40 bucks a week, you're going to have a new piece of content that potentially is going to drive traffic that could turn into recurring passive income on your piece of rental property or your, your niche property. All right. So you have to look at it that way, right? Uh, again, are you going to put 20% down on a short-term rental and do a 30-year mortgage? Are you going to put 20% down on a long-term rental? Or maybe you can get into a program that lets you do 10% down. It's still 10%. 10% of 100000 is $10,000, right? Still a lot of money. Um, so for me, it's like, well, can I invest into one of these niche properties and uh, and can I get that ROI back within you know a year or two? And the answer usually is yes. And the bigger payoff is when you go to sell it. So you may want to build one of these right now and then add another one once you get this one up and running. 
All right. So guys, that's your pros and cons of digital real estate and short-term rentals or even long-term rentals uh, as far as having these properties. Um, they're all great, by the way. They're all great. They all work. Uh, but if you are looking for something that you could do on the side, because that's what I see. A lot of people are like, well, I just want to do this on the side. Do it on the side, right? Have this thing go. Because once you get it up, up and running, like literally you can spend less than a couple of hours a week if you're having other people write it. Like I spend less than three hours a week, not kidding, less than three hours a week to manage, let's see, uh, five, five different properties right now that I'm building. Okay. So five of those that I'm building takes me less than three hours to manage all of those. How? Well, I'm having my writers do all of the writing and I have them upload as well. Like That's it. Okay. So all I'm doing is keyword research. And usually if I do one round of keyword research, spend about an hour, hour and a half, I can get all my keyword research done for over 30 days. So I don't even have to do it again, but I could do it once a week. All right. So you could totally do this on the side and just have this thing being built like you would a stock that you're investing in. That's going to grow over time. Or it could be like a piece of rental property that the equity is building over time. It's the same thought process, just a little bit different because we're doing it online with a piece of web property or a digital piece of real estate. All right. So guys, that is going to wrap up this episode. If you are interested in learning the exact process, or if you've started, but haven't built that, that the system or the, the process to keep you consistent, because it is all about consistency or you're, you're getting started and you, you just can't get that momentum um, because you, you need to fill in the blanks on some of those steps. I would encourage you to check out our niche properties class. Um, but before you would ever join that class, I would recommend going and attending one of our, our uh, live web classes. And you can do that by heading over to brandcreators.com forward slash workshop. And that'll give you the high level view, the blueprint, and all of the different steps that are going to need to be needed uh, to actually build one of these. All right. So I would definitely encourage you to do that. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up as always. Take care, take action, have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now let's get them. So once again, I just want to say thank you so much for listening. This is always one of the highlights of my week. And until next time, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now go rock your brand. Oh, and one last thing. If you can do me one small favor and leave me a review over on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and just let me know what is one thing that the podcast has helped you with since listening, whether you just started listening or if you're a longtime listener like this one right here from Leanne. She says, content is invaluable. Five stars. Host forever keeps my attention. The content is always extremely helpful. He's given me more of an education in the last year and a half that I've been listening than I would have gotten with a degree in entrepreneurship, if that's even a thing. Tons of incredible, useful information, tips, and motivation. My favorite things are, one, he is not boring. He's engaging and motivating in a personal and professional way. Two, he doesn't dribble on about off topics. And three, the titles are on point. When I'm struggling with particular issues, I know that I can go to the podcast, search through the podcast, and find what I'm after. This is great because I certainly don't have time to go through a million episodes of different podcasts just hoping that I'll run across the topic I'm needing at that time. 
So I appreciate these so much. Your review will help inspire and motivate other people. And it will also allow us to reach more people inside of these platforms. So if you would do that, that would be amazing. And as always, remember, I'm rooting for you.